You're listening to The Simple Truth with Pastor Dion Cordova of Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel. There are some people that think that the church family should be ideal. You know, they think the church family should be like the Waltons or the Cleavers or the Keatons or the Huxtables, you know. No one ever fights or raises their voice. Everyone is patient and supporting and loving and compassionate and obedient and forgiving and friendly and plays well with others. That's the church family we envision, right? Do you ever feel like just because you have the title Christian that somehow you automatically behave perfectly, never mess up, and always treat people perfectly? Well, it turns out you still live in a fallen and sinful world, but you've been given the Holy Spirit to help you navigate the difficulties of life on this side of paradise. Today in his message, Pastor Dion reminds us that we're still sinners just like everyone else on this planet. We're going to make mistakes, but every day is a new day, and it's a gift from God. Now let's join Pastor Dion in the book of Acts chapter 15 as he begins his message, Love and Unity. Paul and Barnabas shared the gospel message with Gentiles. They carried the gospel where it had never gone before. Hundreds responded. Not only that, when false teaching arose, they defended the faith. Paul and Barnabas fought together to preserve God's plan of salvation, and they won. Everybody said they what? I can imagine. There were high fives, fist bumps. Yes. We stood, we withstood those false teachers, and we held to the faith, and people were ministered to. The Gentiles don't feel like they have to do something else to be saved. The truth won a victory. Amen? So it was awesome. But after 14 years of doing ministry together, of being partners and friends and soldiers, Paul and Barnabas had a blowout. Let's read it. Verse 36, chapter 15. Then after some days, Paul said to Barnabas, let us now go back and visit our brethren in every city where we've preached the word of the Lord and see how they're doing. Now Barnabas was determined to take with them John called Mark. But Paul insisted that they should not take with them the one who had departed from them in Pamphylia and had not gone with them to the work. Then the contention became so sharp that they parted from one another. And so Barnabas took Mark and sailed to Cyprus. But Paul chose Silas and departed, being commended by the brethren to the grace of God. And he went through Syria and Cilicia, strengthening the churches. So for 14 years, Paul and Barnabas have really done a lot together. They've accomplished a lot together. They've been friends. Then they had a blowout. The passage says that the contention was so sharp between Paul and Barnabas that it ripped them apart. That it was an angry 
bitter breakup. Don't misunderstand that it was just, you know, they got upset and walked away. You know, I refer you to the nalgas, and they walk away. No, it wasn't that. It was a bitter, angry breakup. Now, in your lifetime, you've probably seen some big names break apart. The Beatles. The Eagles. You remember them. After 100 million records sold, they had a breakup, a blowout. How about Saverin and Zuckerberg? Or Kobe and Shaq? Three NBA titles together. And then... Or how about Jimmy Johnson and Jerry Jones? We've, everyone thought their partnership was going to last forever. All of those people had a rich history of relationship, of partnership, and accomplishment. But somewhere, somehow, things went sideways. Sour. Well, we expect that to happen among non-Christian people. But should we expect it among church folks? The answer is, seguro que si. The answer is, sure, if you're bilingually challenged. Listen, I didn't say that it's acceptable. I said it's expected. There are going to be blow-ups. It happens. It's not acceptable, but it's expected. Right? It happens. But there are some people that think that the church family should be ideal. You know, they think the church family should be like the Waltons or the Cleavers or the Keatons or the Huxtables. You know, no one ever fights or raises their voice. Everyone is patient and supporting and loving and compassionate and obedient and forgiving and friendly and plays well with others. That's the church family we envision, right? But the real church family looks more like the Simpsons and the Goldbergs and the Connors. Dysfunctional and divisive and disturbed. Well, why is it that way? You want the truth? Because you're in it. I'm serious. It's your fault. See, all of us in God's family still have sinful natures. Yes, it's true. Our past crimes, our past disobediences, our past rebellion, our past sin is forgiven. It's erased. It's been separated from us as far as the east is from the west. It's been forgotten. Those old crimes, sins, failures, hang up, all of that stuff has been, you're right, it's been dealt with. But the nature of sin still lives inside us. Paul explained it like this in Romans chapter 7 and verse 18. Read it with me. And I know that nothing good lives in me. That is in my sinful nature. I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. Oh, what a wretched man I am. What Paul was saying was, 
that even after we've been forgiven, born again, and adopted into God's family, even after we've been filled with God's Spirit, pride, ego, selfishness, arrogance, prejudice, lust, jealousy, greed, impatience, stubbornness, sin, still exists within us. Now, as we learn and apply God's Word to our lives, as we learn to walk under the influence of the Holy Spirit, well, the sin nature loses its grip over our attitudes and our actions as we do that, as we learn and apply God's Word to our life, as we walk under the influence of the Holy Spirit. The sin nature that lives within kind of loses its grip over our attitudes and our actions. But it's a process. A process of transformation. In fact, 2 Corinthians 3.18 says it like this, And as the Spirit of the Lord works within us, we become more and more and more like Jesus. See, in other words, worms don't turn into butterflies overnight. And you won't become a perfect Christian in a day or two, or a week or two, or a year or two. And for some of you, a decade or two. No, I mean, transformation happens one day, one flaw, one habit at a time. So Paul and Barnabas, all right, they had been on a mission for the Lord, all right? They themselves had been learning and growing. But like all of us, they too still had some sinful attitudes to deal with. Are you hearing me? All right? So they were out doing mission work, sharing the gospel, reaching people. Hundreds were responding. They were themselves were still learning and growing, but they still had their own issues, their own sinful nature to deal with. And it all started when Paul suggested, or I should say, things surfaced, when Paul suggested that they go back to Galatia and visit the Gentile churches they had established the year before. So Paul and Barnabas had returned. They defended the faith. They've done everything together. And then after they defended the faith, there was a big victory. And then Paul said, hey, listen, maybe we should go back to the churches that we established in our last trip and revisit them and strengthen and encourage them. See, Paul had already written a letter to those people, to the churches, addressing salvation by grace and faith. He had already sent them a letter saying, hey, listen, don't be duped by those false teachers. He wrote a letter. The letter was the letter to the Galatians, right? And he wrote to them, stand on being saved by faith and grace alone. And, but Paul wanted to, to also, he wanted to make sure that they were still standing in the grace of God. So after he sent the letter and after things had been settled, he told Barnabas, let's go back and revisit the churches. You know, Paul truly had a pastor's heart. The people were always on Paul's mind. That was the truth. More than once, Paul had told the church, every little dream I dream about you, every little thought I think 
I'm sorry, that wasn't, that wasn't, the, that wasn't, that's a country song. But Paul said something very close, more than once. Here's what Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 11 about his love for the church. He said, I have lived with weariness and pain and sleepless nights. Often I've been hungry and thirsty and have gone without food. Often I have shivered with cold, without enough clothing to keep me warm. Then besides all of this, I have the constant worry of how the churches are getting along. Who makes a mistake and I don't feel his sadness? Who fails or falls without me longing to help him? Who is spiritually hurt without my fury rising against the one who hurt him? In other words, Paul always had the people on his mind. When he heard about someone hurting, he wanted to help, comfort, strengthen. When he heard about people who were falling, he wanted to reach out and lift them up. It was his heart. He had a heart. And for those people out in Galatia, those churches, he's, I want to make sure that they're doing okay, that they're growing in faith, that they're becoming like Christ. The Christians and their well-being was always on Paul's mind. So Paul wanted to revisit and strengthen the Christians up in Galatia. Well, Barnabas insisted. He said, sure. But he insisted on giving John Mark another chance to make the trip with them. But since John Mark had punked out midway on the first trip, you remember it, John Mark went to Cyprus with them, but then after that encounter with a sorcerer there, you know, he just kind of, he got, he got wigged out. And he said, I think this is it for me. I think I'm going back home. And he bailed out. And because of that, Paul wasn't about to trust him again. In fact, in the passage we read, Paul called him a deserter. The guy deserted us. So, listen. Both Paul and Barnabas had good reasons for their positions. I mean, everyone deserves a second chance. And those who sign up need to be responsible and faithful. They can't drop the ball when they're being relied upon. So neither Paul nor Barnabas were wrong about their why. Neither of the arguments were wrong. That wasn't the issue. Neither Paul nor Barnabas were wrong about their why, about the argument, but both were wrong in their how, in their attitude. You know why Dracula doesn't have any friends? Because he's a pain in the neck. Both Barnabas and Paul wanted to be a joy, but both of them ended up being jerks. Both wanted to be a joy, do something great. Both ended up being jerks. Stubborn pride will do that to you. It'll make you bare your teeth. Here are the verses. Proverbs 13.10. Let's read them slowly. Pride leads to conflict. And then there's James 3.16. For wherever there is jealousy and selfishness, there you will find disorder and evil of every kind. I think just so that it can soak in and penetrate, let's read that passage in James again. For wherever there is jealousy and selfishness, 
there you will find disorder and evil of every kind. See, both Barnabas and Paul were claiming that they were right. I'm right! Barnabas wouldn't take no for an answer. And Paul would rather pass a kidney stone than take Mark along with them. Both refused to listen or even consider another way. How many of you have ever done that? It's all of us. Both refused to listen or even consider another way. So tempers flared, words flew, and people frowned. Guys, no one wins a fight. Everyone in the wake gets banged and bruised. Well, there's a better way to handle disagreements without making enemies. Walk in love. Now, this is good for your family, for your friends, for your co-worker, for your spouse. Paul and Barnabas could have heard each other out. They could have prayed for God's wisdom and sought for another solution. I mean, even if neither of them compromised. Because one of them could have said, you know, you're right. Let's take Mark. Or Barnabas could have said, you know, Paul, you're the apostle to the Gentiles. And I understand that we can't take a weak link. Let's do it your way. But even if neither would have compromised, there was still another way. Paul could have agreed that Mark deserved another chance and maybe a little mentoring. He could have suggested that Barnabas take him on a shorter, less demanding trip, you know, to teach him the ropes. And when during that time, he and Silas could go and, and check out the churches in Galatia. He could have suggested that. That would have been an alternative. Listen, there's always more than your way. I want to say that again. Listen, there's always more than your way of doing things. You feel the tension rise when you tell spouses to say, to say that to each other. Don't be stubborn. Don't end in a blowout if you can avoid it. God's Word tells us what to do. 1 Corinthians 13, verses 4. The first thing he tells us is to love. It says, love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It's not terco, stubborn. huh? It's not irritable when it doesn't get its way or resentful. Just say ouch. Even if you don't say amen, just say ouch, right? Here's the next one, Philippians chapter 2. This is what God's Word tells us. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. Paul and Barnabas didn't take the high road, though. They let their sinful nature take the lead. And I know it's surprising, but in spite of their stubborn selfishness, God still used Paul and Barnabas. 
Listen, if God only used perfect people, he would never get anything done. In fact, nothing would get done. God uses us even though our truck doesn't haul a full load. God will use us even though you know, we're a few fries short of a Happy Meal. He will. And here's what happened. Barnabas ended up leaving with Mark. Here we are. They're in Antioch. Barnabas ends up leaving with Mark, who he insisted on taking, and they go to Cyprus. All right? They go there. But Paul, he recruited Silas. Another guy who had come down with him from the Jerusalem council. He recruited Silas to go with him. But instead of getting the ship to Cyprus and then the ship up the way they went the first time, uh, they didn't. They went another way. And you know how that is sometimes, you know, when there's someone there that you don't get along with or that you have tension with, and so you avoid them. I'm not going to get on a ship and go with them over there and then go, yeah, no, I'm going to avoid that. So Paul and Silas ended up going the long way, having a road trip all the way to Tarsus, all the way across the mountains of Tarsus into Derby and Lystra. God still used them. But here's what God does. God will refine us as we continue to walk with Him. So if you've had jerkitis... You know, stubborn selfishness, angry conflict. Here's the first thing you should do. Listen. Because you will hear and feel the Holy Spirit hammering on you. Convicting you. Correcting you. Changing you. How many of you have had a blowout with someone? An argument? A disagreement? It's painful. It's hostile. It's, you know, you had to pull away. And, and you you know, you, you bloated. And then after it all, the Holy Spirit says, what a jerk you were. The convicting, the shaping, the hammering begins. What should you do? Listen. Don't ignore it. Don't demand your own way. Because now you're not arguing with someone else. You're arguing with God. So listen. Here's the next thing we should do. If you've been hurt by one of somebody with jerkitis, somebody that's stubborn, selfish, and has an angry conflict, here's, if you've been hurt by them, here's what you should do. Forgive. Give them time and room to change. The Holy Spirit is work, going to work on them, is going to hammer on them, is going to try to bring them to Christ's likeness. So just forgive. And if they're truly walking and listening to the Lord, their attitudes will change. As we cling to the simple This has been another edition of The Simple Truth. Thanks for tuning in. Jesus changed history, and when He changed history, He changed the world. Throughout the book of Acts, we get a glimpse into the early church and just how much Jesus' life impacted those around Him. Jesus showed humankind not only how to live and love, but how to spread the love of the Father to the world. 
Here at The Simple Truth, we pray that you learn to live and love just as Jesus did. And once you do that, we pray that you share his love with the world, just as the disciples did. We're so glad that you tuned in today for Pastor Dion's teaching in the book of Acts. We'd like to encourage you to spend even more time studying the Word, learning about Jesus' life in the New Testament books. And we'd love to pray for you during this season as well. So please let us know how we can specifically be lifting you up to the Lord. Give us a call at 505-753-4363. That's 505-753-4363. Do you live in the Española area? If so, come visit us at Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel on Sundays and Wednesdays for a time of worship, Bible study, and fellowship. Find out more and get directions to the church by visiting tmcalvary.com. If you can't make it in person, we invite you to join us virtually through Facebook, where we live stream all of our services. Just follow the link to Facebook that you'll find at tmcalvary.com. Thanks for tuning in today, and be sure to join us again next time, right here on The Simple Truth. Let us join our hands and together we stand. Together we